for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Kevin Kurz, who covers the Sharks for the Athletic, about the upcoming Sharks 2021 season. There was so much uncertainty as to when this season would get started, how many games it would be, and whether or not they'd be playing in the same conference as they generally do. They've split up the divisions a little bit differently, but the hockey will be all the same. Sharks back on the ice after missing the postseason last year. All stuff we can talk about with Kevin Kurz, who joins me next. It's Monday, January 4th. It's my pleasure to welcome in Kevin Kurz, who covers the Sharks for us here at The Athletic. Kevin, it's good to have you back on, man, talking some hockey. Yeah, it's good to finally have an end in sight to the never-ending offseason. I was kind of wondering this when we were we were going to contact you to come on. Like, How have you been projecting what's going to happen? We didn't know if or when or how many or where a season like this was going to go down. How have you navigated the offseason here? Yeah, I think we knew within, you know, maybe a month ago that the January 1st target date was probably not realistic. And even the Sharks president at one point said that in a conference call probably more than a month ago. So it's a little ambitious, I think, starting January 13th with everything going on. But, you know, they're plowing ahead here and we'll see how it looks. Yeah, it's going to look different, and maybe we'll start with that, sort of the macro stuff, before we talk a little bit more specific about the Sharks, but new divisions, right, is what they've announced. It'll be an Eastern, a Central, a Western, and a Northern. Just starting off, I thought the Northern Conference is kind of cool. They're going to get all the Canadian teams in there. It's kind of a cool little rivalry situation, right? Yeah, I think everyone's looking forward to that, just hockey fans across North America, not just the Canadian hockey fans, because some of those rivalries are so good, and you know, it'll be interesting what kind of rivalries really develop with some of these new divisions, right? Because some of these teams that maybe aren't in the same division, like the Sharks and the uh, Minnesota Wild, for example, right? Like they only play each other usually three times a year, but if they're going to play each other eight times a year, maybe there's some bad blood, especially throughout the course of a year. You know, game one and and game 50 are going to look a whole lot different. And if there's animosity build up with some of those teams throughout the course of the season, it could really make for some entertaining games throughout the course of the year, as long as you just don't get sick of seeing these guys all over and over again. It's sort of funny with sports like hockey, and you get it with football too, that are just more physical. You run into those rivalries a little quicker, right? Like the Vegas Knights move in and the Sharks are like, hang on a minute. We've been out in this conference for a minute. Those rivalries build sort of quickly when there's immediate contact between the two teams, right? And that's actually a good point because the way the schedule is going to be set up is there's going to be teams playing other teams back to back in in order to reduce travel. And and really all you need sometimes is one play in the first game to spark something. And then if that game gets a little bit out of a hand, then you're going to play the same opponent two days later. Whereas during a regular season, you might not see that team for another three months. That also could add to the intrigue and the entertainment aspect because you know, you're going to get teams that are playing each other over and over again in a short period of time, and the memories are going to be fresh from one game to another, especially if there's some bad feelings involved. Yeah, it's like a relief pitcher facing the same guy back-to-back days, right, in a series. That's kind of cool. You can end up with some of that stuff. I guess the question is where those rivalries are going to go down, right? The 49ers had to move out of, out of their stadium at Levi Stadium, and they're playing in Arizona. Do we know about a status of the Sharks or, or what, where they're going or what their situation is? Yeah, well, we know they're going to hold training camp in Scottsdale. We know the Santa Clara County health restrictions run through January. Even if those restrictions get lifted, it's going to take some time to bring the whole operation back from Scottsdale to San Jose. So we'll see what happens. So obviously, you know, like everything else over the last few months, this is a fluid situation and they're going to go one day at a time. 
everything's just kind of up in the air and, and they wait to see what the ramifications are of the vaccine and everything else before they can can make that call or Santa Clara County can make that call. Let's get into the Sharks roster just a little bit. I think we were right on the verge of Joe Thornton deciding he was not going to come back. We talked about him. Be, I think was he out in Sweden or something like that? He was he was at his vacation or he was, he was hanging yeah. out somewhere. And since we last talked, he has signed. He's left the team. He's off in Toronto on a one-year deal. How is that going to impact the Sharks? And do you feel like had they moved him to a contender at the end of last season, he might have been more likely to come back? No, I don't. I think that he looks at this team and, you know, he would never say this, but if you go back to his disappointment at not getting moved to a contender before, he just wanted a shot at the Stanley Cup in 2020, bottom line. And he didn't get that and he was disappointed. And, you know, I don't think he was upset at Doug Wilson so much. In fact, I don't think he was. I think it was just a situation where there wasn't a fit and there probably just wasn't enough interest from teams that he would have been willing to go to to facilitate a trade at the deadline last year. But he made it clear how important it is to him to win a Stanley Cup. I mean, he's 41 years old. He's going to be, I think this is going to be his 23rd season, if I'm correct, 23rd or 24th. And he hasn't won one yet. And he's going to go to the Hall of Fame, no doubt. But this guy wants a cup. And, and, you know, the Sharks just aren't in a position right now to be considered Stanley Cup contenders. Didn't make any big moves in the offseason. There's some issues with the roster. There's some issues in the dressing room. The goaltending's been poor. And if you're Joe Thornton, you get a chance to go back to Toronto where, you know, near where he grew up. He told me that he's, you know, looking forward to his kids getting to hang out with their grandparents who live about an hour outside of the city. So Toronto has got a whole lot more talented roster than the Sharks do right now. There's just, in terms of high-end talent, it's not even comparable. I think from Thornton's perspective, he can go in there and add a little leadership. And that's something that that team was looking for with this young roster, bringing some leadership types, guys like Joe Thornton, guys like Wayne Simmons that can maybe help steer that ship in the right direction. And frankly, I think he's got a great chance to win a Stanley Cup with Toronto. I think a lot of people are underestimating the importance of what Toronto did in the offseason by bringing in guys like that. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. You mentioned that the team is not going to improve unless the goaltending improves. And you had a great note in your last piece about six questions sort of surrounding the Sharks as they head into this year. You said over the last two years, out of the 49 goalies that have played at least 50 games over the last two seasons, Martin Jones' save percentage is 48th in the NHL. What reason can you give me to think that the goaltending will improve this year? Obviously, there's some skepticism whether that'll be able to get fixed after Martin Jones has really struggled for two straight seasons, and I'm among the skeptics. They bring in another guy, Devin Dubnik, who, you know, again, has had success in his career, but is coming off of a bad season last year with Minnesota, in which Alex Stalock, a former Sharks backup, supplanted Dubnik as the number one goalie in, in Minnesota's quick little playoff run. So, you know, Jones, I think he's a guy that has to be pushed a little bit from underneath. It's going to be important that Dubnik plays better, and there's a little bit of an internal competition there. I think that's something that really helps Martin Jones. But, you know, he's been training in the offseason with this guy, Adam Francilia, who seems to be becoming more and more well-known as a guy who can really help to fix goaltenders in all sorts of different ways. You know, he takes a little bit of a different approach. And the Sharks are the only team that employ Adam Francilia. He works with other NHL goaltenders just on a contractual basis, but his team responsibilities are the Sharks. And he's been working with Martin Jones really all summer. You know, lucky for Jones, he has an off-season home in Vancouver, so he could drive to where Adam was. So we'll see. You know, it's been a lot of time off. When you look at Martin Jones, he was Really, in his first four years with the Sharks, no one played more games than Martin Jones in terms of regular season and playoffs. I think there was a fatigue factor. He's now going to have had nine months, ten months off. And it wouldn't completely shock me if Jones does come back and 
becomes a better goaltender. Now, is he all of a sudden going to turn into, you know, Bernie Perrant from the 70s? Probably not. But really, the Sharks just need him to make those saves that he's expected to make, and it could really turn a whole lot of things around. It's a great breakdown from like the technical side of, of what needs to happen at the goalie position. You wrote something interesting, and I'll ask you this before we let you go, in that same article, and it was about the locker room culture. This is sort of the between-the-ears stuff versus the on-the-ice stuff. And I'm wondering, you know, the team is much different, and that locker room is much different than it was a couple of years ago when they were in the Western Conference Final. You've got huge personalities and, and big contracts, guys like Carlson and Evander Kane are there. What needs to change within the culture, and really what's the issue? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, throughout the course of the year last year, you could tell there was something off, and it really was from the beginning. And we all knew how important Joe Pavelski was to the team when in Game 7 against Las Vegas, he suffers a head injury and gets carried off of the ice, and the team comes out and scores four power play goals. That's really all you need to know about how much they respected and loved Joe Pavelski, and it was just a universal respect. And, you know, you take a guy like that, you take a glue guy like that out of the dressing room, regardless of the goal scoring you're you're taking out of the lineup, when you're taking out that sort of leadership, it does have an effect. As I mentioned in the piece, I was talking to a guy who's been working in the NHL for at least 15 years, and he said, it's just like an office job. If you're sitting in an office job and you have someone, whether it's a supervisor or a boss or just a coworker that everybody likes, and he goes and finds, or he or she goes and finds another job, it changes the whole atmosphere, right? And it's the same thing in hockey. So, you know, the Sharks really had trouble filling that void in terms of the leadership. And again, you mentioned it. There's a bunch of big personalities, Carlson, Brent Burns, Evander Kane, Joe Thornton, obviously, you know, and I don't blame Joe Thornton for any of the chemistry issues, but it was a different place. And, you know, you saw frequent bickering on, on the bench between players. There was certainly stuff going on behind closed doors where guys weren't on the same page. And you need that in hockey. You need those guys to go out and want to dive in front of a slot shot because you're playing for the guy next. And that mentality probably exists more in hockey than in any other sport. So I know that the coaching staff has read a couple books on the subject and they've probably filtered those on to the leadership group. And, you know, everybody's an adult here, right? You would think that would be something that they get fixed. But I think something that's a lot easier to fix, you know, in theory than it is in actuality. And we'll see if they can do that. It's workplace culture, man, as you said. It's just something you got to deal with as an adult. It's part of going to work. But I appreciate the time today, Kevin. Thanks so much, man. We'll keep reading you as we, we get closer. we got a date now, man, January 13th. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. Take care. Good conversation from Kevin Kurz. I like diving into some of the other stuff going on. We just haven't had any hockey to talk about. Usually the Sharks are a staple when it comes to playoff time. So the hope is that they can correct the goaltending. They can correct the locker room culture. Some of these young guys can step up. And you got to keep Eric Carlson on the ice this year, man. The thumb injury last year and the groin injury kept him out. And that certainly hurt the Sharks' playoff hopes. Thank you to Kevin. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is that you're listening today. And we'll come back later this week with plenty more football talk the nfl season comes to an end but the postseason getting ready to start this week we'll talk about the wild card weekend games coming up as well as the college football playoff national championship game which is always a treat each and every year we can discuss some more football as the week rolls on but until then enjoy the week we'll talk to you wednesday the nfl